everyone. Dave and Jeff doing our second podcast of the week. Here it is. It's a Tuesday. We just got done watching Hard Knocks like we always do on a, on a Tuesday. Do you like the show? Yeah, I do. I like it a lot. I like it because I'm a Raider fan. I like it because I'm a Gruden fan. Um, I don't feel like they did enough. We've said it before. Giving you storylines of people to cut. I hope that Canadian kid gets cut. <laughs> he needs Wilson. to go. Yep. But... Uh, yeah, I like it. I think Gruden's been great. It's funny Mike Mayock is been like nowhere to be exactly. seen. Exactly, because he's boring. Yeah, I wonder, Dave, what Mayock's f- long-term future is with that team. Like, is he a guy that is really going to be the GM? Is he a guy that's a figurehead? Like, Don't you feel the Raiders are one of the few teams in the NFL where the head coach has more power than the GM? Sure. I mean, he signed a $100 million contract. Yeah. And then you go, well, how many other situations are like this? Basically, Bill Belichick can't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, he, yeah. he he might as well be the owner of the New England Patriots. But there's not another situation in the NFL that's like that. Tom Telesco is completely the guy in charge. If he wanted to make a change, he can do it. And it's like yeah. that with almost every NFL team. Almost the Rams right now, Sean McVay is so popular that it would be tough to ever get rid of Sean McVay. Yeah, but I like that Les, Les Snead is respected by uh, Demoff, Kevin Demoff, yeah. and... I guess to an extent, cronky too, but it's cool, man. Uh, I like it because the NFL season is here, and I know it's different for me because my two teams haven't been impacted. Yeah. But I was saying to a friend of mine today, I was talking to a friend about uh, the Dallas Stars. I have a friend who works kind of right on the outside of the NHL. And they were mentioning, ah, yeah, I ran into players today from a couple of different teams, Red Wings and Stars and everything else. And I'm really, like, I don't know if this is good news for Charger fans or bad news for Charger fans. I legitimately hate the Dallas Stars. Now, I don't hate the players. The ownership group has changed the whole thing. But there's a part of me that anybody who wears the star should get poison ivy. I'm a <laughs> firm believer of that. Look, I'm rooting for blood clots. Yeah, well, that's probably a little dramatic. Oh, sorry. But um, that was my team. Yeah. Just like the Chargers were your team. In 1991, I flew back to Minneapolis to watch Yarmir Yager and Mario Lemieux, Paul Coffey, and others do a lot of terrible things to my favorite team. They beat the shit out of them. But when that team moved, it was different than what happened with the Chargers. When the North Stars moved, they had an owner that was running from sexual harassment charges in Minneapolis. That team was in the top, I think, three in attendance in the league. They had an incredible fan base. And the NHL, really, probably looking back, wishes they had handled that different. The Minnesota Wild have tried to find a niche. It's a little bit like New Coke. They're trying, but that was the stars. The stars were that team, had been there in 81, had been there in 91. And I'm I'm still not over that as a fan. And so if How many years did you go in between, did you say? Was it the stars to the wild? Uh it was a while. I mean, it may have been I don't I don't remember what year. Might have been close to ten. Am I wrong when I say the North Stars were almost the equivalent of the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I mean, yeah. As far as the void. Oh, yeah, huge. Yeah, I, huge. See, I agree with that. I mean, now, well, I agree with myself, I guess, was what I just said. Um, You know, the Twins won two world championships in 87 and 91. Yeah, but, but hockey's different. Yeah, the stars were still there. 
And I said this today to a friend of mine, and I probably mean it. I took the Stars breakup almost harder than I took my divorce. I loved them longer. <laughs> I loved them longer. Is what you yeah. Just said. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a club hockey team called the Peter North Stars. Oh, that's good. Now the good news is I get along great with my ex. So if she heard that, or if it gets back to her, she'll get a kick out. That's of it. funny. Well, she's a hockey fan too. Yeah, so she'll get the joke. That's where I met her. But um, but it just so it's like as I get excited for the Raiders and yeah. wonder where the Vikes are and all that. Um, I still kind of keep an eye on the Chargers, but not really. It's for me, it's the same way you watch. The Niners or the Broncos yeah. or Seattle or a handful of teams like that. We go, well, I know a handful of those players and, and we'll see what happens. But um, but I'll just tell you, man, when a when friend of mine mentioned the Dallas Stars, I'm like, and the Clippers. Yeah. Clippers, too. Broke your heart. Yeah. I'm like, you better go rinse your mouth out. <laughs> you say those names around me. You go wash your mouth. Watch your mouth, too. You know, so I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I understand what you're saying with the, the Dallas Stars, with the Charger fans, everything. And we, we've gone over the, the pain of losing a team. I've said it before. When I first got into the NFL, my dad was trying to explain the sport to me. I mean, I can tell yeah. you exactly what was happening. The Rams were playing at night. It was a right. game inside the Coliseum. I think they were playing your Vikes. I think it yeah. was raining. Yeah. Pat Hating was a quarterback, and I'm trying to understand what a quarterback is. And Lawrence McCutcheon was the running back. I mean, yep. I remember the game. And all of a sudden, the team that he stuck me with that broke my heart between the Vikings yeah. and the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, you did go through it. A lot. And the NFC Championship games over and over again, knowing that you have the best team every year, but you couldn't get past those two teams. They ended up moving to St. Louis. And yeah. once they went to St. Louis, the thing that hurt the most was watching them oh, win the Super Bowl God. in the same exact uniforms. Remember, yeah. they hadn't gone to the Vegas Gold yet. True. And so I'm like, man, this really fucking sucks. And I, I hated the, the Rams for leaving. And I was not a Rams fan. I wasn't one of those guys that go, hey, they're the Rams. No, they're, they're the enemy right now. I, hate, I can't stand yeah. them. It sucked because Marshall Falk was a, a huge star on that team. And I rooted for anybody from San Diego State. But fuck those guys and Oz Hakeem and all the guys that we had connections to. It was one of those where they even came back. And I remember you and I were sitting at 1360 when they announced they're coming to L.A. Yep. And I was so turned off to the Rams, I wasn't until maybe not even 100% back now to go. Yeah, right. It's it is, different. It was such a bitter divorce that I'm not so sure. You broke my heart. I'm not so sure that yeah. I can be all in on it. I will say about, about the Raiders because the Raiders are one of those teams when they were in L.A., I was an L.A. Raiders season ticket holder. They went back to Oakland, and it was easy for me to say, well, I don't have a team in L.A. Yeah. And at the same time, they were originally four up from Oakland. I feel bad for anyone that lost their team. It's easy to stay as a Raider fan. People who are not Raider fans all are closet Raider fans, meaning right. they dream about how great would it be to be a Raider fan. Right. Everybody loves the uniforms, whether you prefer the white jersey or the black mm -hmm. jersey. You love the logo. You love every badass thing Autumn about them. I was about to say Autumn win. John Facenda telling you. All, yeah. of, all, all about it. And when you watch Hard Knocks in the last episode, it, John Gruden says, go look up the, what the word Raider means. Yeah. And he, they attack on your territory. Yeah. And you go, fuck, man. There's something about the the joy of being a Raider fan, even though they have stunk to go. It is great to be the baddest ass in the room. Love it. It uh, Look, the L.A. Raiders team of 83 um, with a lot of teams. L.A. Raiders team of 83, I can tell you by far, is my favorite pro football team yes. of all time. 
98 Padres, probably favorite baseball team. More of than time. the Twins. Yeah, 98 Padres. Yeah, I mean, it was great when the Twins won two world championships. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But that 98 Padre team was just insane. Uh, the Kings, 12 and 14, winning those cups were great. Probably 12 more than 14 because it was their first one, and we were at 1090. And Bob Miller, yep. who I love, uh, was coming on with us after every game. Yeah, he walked us through the whole thing. And it was like, what a ride. And with it him. Was. It was. Uh, that was really exciting. I don't know that I've ever, quote unquote, had a favorite basketball team, but like a year team. But but that was great. But when the L.A. Raiders, who were my favorite football team, when they moved back to Oakland, I was incredibly bummed. But I felt like I would be a hypocrite after what had happened with the Clippers and what had happened with the Stars to kind of freak out about them going back to Oakland. I was like, well, yeah, I'm sorry to see them go. Yeah. But they're probably going where they belong. And if the Raiders would have moved from L.A. to any other city, Phoenix, San Antonio, uh would you have stayed a Raider fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, they. I don't know. I, I've said it. When I got here as a kid, I have a brother who's four years older, and we knew we weren't going to see NFC games. And the way it happened was, like, all my buddies had those ridiculous, stupid, yellow, kind of yellow-orange char- Charger-powered T-shirts. Right? Yes. God, just horrendous. And my brother was like, I was like, God. And my brother's like, look, we're not wearing that shit. Okay? (laughs) So here's what we have. We have a choice to make to figure out what team we're going to watch. And we saw all these guys. There were always the same five guys that were on TV. It was Hank, Billy Shields, right? Lyndon King, fucking Laz, all this shit. So my brother's like, I tell Hank this story. I'm not saying anything I haven't told Hank. I was like, dude, I was a kid. My brother's like, are we following this team with Billy Shields and Laz? Or are we going to follow a team with Lyle Alzado and Howie Long and Marcus Allen and Mike Haynes and Mike Davis, the great Van McElroy? Yes. And suck it, Billy. It wasn't even close. The easiest decision of my life. I was like, God damn right. Now that son of a bitch, Kellen Winslow, went up there. Remember, he went up there and started catching touchdown yeah. passes like a maniac. Yes, yeah, or five in one game. Yeah. I, well, now, wait a minute. What year did they move to L.A.? The Raiders? Yeah. The Raiders were in L.A. in 1982. Did they come? 82, right? Yeah. Because I was here in 81. Yeah. And I think Winslow caught five up there. So I started as an Oakland Raiders fan. But I think we knew they were coming to L.A. I don't know. But anyways, that Super Bowl team. Remember, I came from a city where they lost four straight Super Bowls. That 83 team is the only team I ever watched that won it. Because then the fucking Raiders and Barrett Robbins went back lost again. Yeah, November 22nd, 1981, Kellen Winslow scored five touchdown passes. I remember that. Yeah. Sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, oh, that sucked. 
Because I was like, you know how it is when you yeah. fo- start following a new team. You're like, God dang, did I make the wrong decision? Oh, he was, God, he was so good. Um, but yeah, that's how it is. So for me, Dave, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to Darren today. And here comes Costa. Yeah. With a promo for tomorrow's show. Hey, it's Costa. <clears throat> Coming up tomorrow, we're going to go in-depth on Weber State. What is it about this team that should concern you and the Aztecs? We get going at six. And I I send him a text. I go, well, goddamn, I'm gonna get up at four thirty. <laughs> I sure don't wanna miss that. I go, did you record that walk in your car and Ernie just followed you with the recorder? It was the most lazy half ass promo ever. Hey. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to go inside Weber State. Like they're the <laughs> goddamn uh, Baltimore Colts with Johnny Unitas. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Can't, I, can't, I can't stop sweating. <laughs> but, I mean, that's unfortunately, Dave, that's where we are. No, nah, that's where we are. San Diego will never be on hard knocks. We don't. We don't feel it for Derwin James yeah. with the with the with the foot. We don't wonder about rivers, right? And, yeah, absolutely. And everything. It just it sucks, man, because even though they weren't my team, they were this community's team and it it just sucks that they're gone. It is a big move. It's funny, I was talking to Bryce Miller today. Yeah. And, and I was with uh Bryce for about two, three hours and we we're going over different things where he was from Iowa. Mm-hmm. And about what do you cover sports-wise. And he's been in San Diego for four years now. And I said, when you came here, you know, we had the Padres and we had the Chargers. And, and of course, Aztec basketball at the time was on the upswing. And, you know, he's basically, he left Iowa. There was nothing to talk about there. Yeah. And he said, you know, there's something to talk about here. Well, you know, now you look at the Padres is what we have. Mm-hmm. And it's a major city. It's the Padres. And he didn't say anything negative about San Diego. But as, as I said to him, I go, I've been here 30 years, and I say to Jeff all the time, sometimes I feel like I just don't fit into San Diego. I don't. Yeah, we agree. I know. Uh, people tell me all the time as I open up my phone every morning, and it says, eat shit. Someone tells <laughs> me to eat shit every day. Um, eat shit, devil, I, uh, which is, <laughs> is great. So when stuff like that happens, and, and he's sitting there saying to me um, you know, about San Diego, and he, he said the same thing, kind of like it, it is. Either you're one of those that thinks like a San Diegan or or you aren't. And I asked him, you know, his feelings on it. And I said, Jeff and I did Padre talk, and we were there doing Charger football and Aztec talk. Yeah. We, we had a chance to experience the best of it at the time outside of Aztec talk. They never were good when you and I did no, that. No, they were awful. But um, it was it was, it was just, just different. Everyone who loves sports wants to be where things are happening. And it's weird that up the road – where the Chargers really aren't a big story up in L.A., they mm-hmm. do have the best athletes right now in the sports we like. I mean, you got LeBron, you have Kawhi, you have Paul George, you have, you know, Anthony Davis, just in basketball. And then you got Trout, and you got Otani and Pujols, who nobody even talks about, who's a right. Hall of Famer. There's yeah. so much shit going on up there that you go, how the hell did we end up with just one team that we're hoping one day will make the playoffs? Uh, I had a long talk with a buddy of mine who, like me, is – a longtime Padre fan. Yeah. And I think, Dave, that we came to the conclusion that unless something dramatically changes, that this friend of mine, uh, couldn't care less what anybody else thinks, 
just telling you what we thought. When we started looking at where this team is today and looking at other things in the division, the sad reality is we might want to prepare that this is a team that may not ever finish higher than third place. And and the reason why I say that is we were talking about the Dodgers. Yeah. This buddy of mine and I share a very, very strong dislike for the Dodgers. That being said, the reality is you can write all you want about Baseball America or anybody else ranking this farm system, meaning the Padres, number one. With the team that's currently in town, it's not even close, not even close when you look at guys that have come through their farm system that have been immediate impact players, consistent impact players versus the guys coming through this quote-unquote number one ranked farm system. I'm looking up at the screen. There's a catcher, Will Smith, hitting uh, 287 with 12 home runs and 31 RBIs. He would start immediately in San Diego. Yes. Bellinger is better. And the list just goes on and on and on. And right now for San Diego, for the guys that came through and made an immediate impact, you have one. And he's outstanding in Fernando Tatis Jr., even though he's down. But when you look at the other guys that have been talked about, whether it's the pitchers, Lauer, Lucchese, unfortunately Paddock recently, but I'm still optimistic there. There are still more questions than answers. When you look at Walker Bueller, who has come up, when you look at the kid who pitched last Dustin night, May. you just go, impact players. Gonsolin, who just beat the Yankees. Right. Yeah. And I think you have to look at it, and if I'm the ownership group or whatever, I have to look and go, holy shit. Now, I know people are excited about Patino, and they're excited about Gore, and that's great. But when I look around the lineup, I feel good about Machado. I don't know where people are on Hosmer. Serviceable. Yeah, but, but not an all-star right now. But I think you have six years left on that deal. Uh, questions are going to be up at second base. But then you go to the outfield. Renfro, you feel good about. You do, but he's old. Yeah, he'll be I mean, 29 yeah. next year. I and mean, then, by the time the team, as we expect, ready to compete, he's, he's old. Right. And you're on the hook for Myers for 60. Fuck, all the money that you have to pay him starts next year. Right? And But I'm just, uh, John Conniff listens to his podcast all the time. And for, for me, what I would say is, John, I, I don't think, Dave, I don't think it's a chicken little attitude. I don't think it's the sky is falling. I think it's just when you look at two organizations that are in the same division that happen to be matching up tonight, and as strongly as I dislike the one, I still live in a reality world where I can look at and go, they crush us consistently and have, for however many years, guys that come through that farm system that are immediately ready to play at the bigs. Yeah. And why can't San Diego do the same? If you're drafting these guys, if you're signing these guys, and they're all supposed to be impact players... Why do all of them, when they get to Petco Park, look like they don't have a fucking clue what to do? 
you know, I, I'm glad you, you said it. As a guy who's a Padre fan, said right. it. Because that's exactly how I think looking at it from as a baseball fan. Going, wait a second, why isn't it working out? Because you're cho- you're picking in the draft ahead of the Dodgers all the time. Right. How does a guy like the, – the Dodgers have, you know, Alex Verdugo, who you didn't mention. Right. Who's a very good young player who's, who's injured right now. They're going to get him back soon. And you say, well, Kershaw doesn't have a lot of years, and Hill doesn't have a lot of years, and they're going to start rotating guys over. You just mentioned three pitchers that are going to step in the rotation. They're going to be One, okay. One, two, three. They have a kid named Gavin Lux who's hitting over 400 in the minors who's yeah. insane. It's a shortstop where you go, okay, well, Seager goes to first and Lux plays short. And you're right. Why does that happen? And people want to say, well, the Dodgers have all the money in the world. They do have all the money in the world. They have more, also more homegrown players on their team than anybody else. How yeah. do the Dodgers and, – and I know every other team had a chance to get these guys – Two of the Dodgers' best players are Muncie and Turner. Yeah. Muncie was released by the A's, and Turner was right. given up on by the Orioles and the Mets. And you go, how does it happen? So I think it's honestly a, an issue of what's going on in instruction, what's going on in the coaching, and you kind of shake your head and say, do they have the right guys in place to develop these young, this young talent, this minor league system that's supposed to be so great? Why are guys like Paddock all of a sudden have an ERA of 10 in August? Yeah. Why, why is he getting worse? What happened to his yeah. curveball? What happened to his changeup? And why is it that everybody's able to just tee off? Where's his confidence? Yes. Um, again, I'm not. I'm not ready to throw the towel in. No, you, you shouldn't. But you, you're. No. You have a very good argument in what I think you're saying. It's going to be hard to win the National League West if you make it into the postseason. It's going to be through a wild card, which is one game. One game, which is very tough. One game, and <clears throat> yeah, I said third. Like if you want, if your little, if you get your the hair on the back of yeah. your neck up and you go, oh, we're a second. All right, good for you. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. What we have been led to believe is a dynasty is coming. A dynasty is coming, and it's just, man, I'm looking at this team, and you just, it, it just feels like they have all hit the wall, like they are already. And we're not even at September 1st. I know it'll be the first on Sunday. God damn, this looks like a team with about 20 guys that cannot wait for it to be October 10th. What do you do if you let, you're A.J. Preller, okay, for a week? You're A.J. Preller. Uh-huh. What, what, is, what is your move with Ron Fowler? What is your move with Seidler? What do you tell him you Man. need? What do you need to be successful? Boy, Dave, I... I I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. I don't know the organization in and out, and it would just be spouting off to say. Okay, anything. let me ask you. What do you? No one's going to want Will Myers, especially at twenty-two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Do you go to them and say we got to designate this guy for assignment? God damn, you're gonna you're gonna do, go tell your boss. Well, that's what I'm saying. That the guy he, that you thought was going to be your stud, and for whatever reason you backloaded that contract, now you're going to tell me to just fucking write a check for sixty million. And and I'll say this, all right, we write a check for him for sixty million to get him the fuck out of here. Who's your everyday left fielder starting tomorrow? Okay, let me throw this one at you, mm-hmm. and tell me if I'm crazy because it's going to cost a shitload of money. I mean, I'm talking Manny Machado money. Yeah, you designate Will Myers for assignment, and you go out and you sign Mookie Betts as a free agent. I don't. And think he it. becomes your right fielder, and you move for Infro to left. Uh, I mean, I, Josh Naylor's not the guy. It's, no. Don't don't sell me on Josh Naylor, and I'll tell you right now. Fucking Josh Naylor doesn't have the best body in the world. He's 22 years old. What's Josh Naylor going to look like in 10 years? Right. Um. No, I I don't know, man. I really don't know. I'm. I find this off season coming up 
to be fascinating. And like we said, I think I was talking with you on the phone yesterday. I go, look, last year we had no expectations. They laid $300 million out for Machado. That was awesome. So I, I don't... And they put, almost went out and got Harper. Right. I don't, I don't so know So what how, happened to the money that they had sitting around they were willing to give Harper? Oh, I, I think they... I mean, look, you, you're going to have to... You're going to have to figure out something with Myers and figure that out. I don't know what you do. I, I mean, that, that contract being backloaded is one of the all-time tank jobs from yep, a team it is. that unfortunately has quite a few of those. But I just think this offseason is going to be really, really interesting. And, and look, if I did one thing, if I was Ron, I would try to encourage Pete to find a little bit more of a sense of urgency Yeah, because I believe Fowler has it. I'm not convinced Seidler has it. And I don't think I say it in every walk of life. I don't think there's anything wrong with a little bit of fear factor. And I don't think there's anything wrong with telling Preller, look, man, you better get this figured out or it's the end of the road for you. It's the end of the road. And I don't know, honestly, Dave, would he be a GM again? I mean, he's, I think she, honestly, it's like I said, I think he's a guy who'd be director of scouting. Well, he'd be, well, I don't know. I mean, you put together the number one farm system, but are we are we playing for El Paso or are we playing for San Diego? It's just, it, I. how many of these guys do you look at and you go, all right, moving ahead next year, where are you at on Mejia? Who's the second baseman of this team, right? You're going to go Hosmer, Tatis, Machado. Yep. So you feel good about that. Do. I feel good about Renfro as one of the outfielders. But, I mean, again, to me, Margot's a guy. Margot's a guy. And and then you go, all right, well, that tells me I got maybe two spots open in the outfield. Um, C.J. Abrams is a few years away, so I don't know. And I just, I would like it more. I think we all believed, at least I believed, that this number one farm system, you were going to get waves of guys that were going to come up and be immediate impact guys. Yeah, That's what we hope for. Uh, Gore might be that guy pitching. Tatis has been the one guy offensively, but so far that's one and one. And that, that's, that's pretty light for the money that's been put out. Did you watch any of the game yesterday, Padres-Dodgers? Um, no, I didn't see it. I was out. Okay. So you, and what I wanted on the radio. Okay. But. And the, and the, the Padres ended up pulling the game out mm -hmm. on just a crazy, a, a terrible play by the Dodgers. I mean, throat comes into third base, somehow gets by Turner, one hopper, goes right through his legs. Yeah. Dustin Mays not back in third base up. I mean, as I tell kids all the time, I've watched a lot of fucking baseball. I've never seen anyone slide into the pitcher's mound and be safe. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing there? You got to back up. And, and it costs them just a fundamental play of where you need to be. But the, the thing that was frustrating, and Mark Grant pointed it out yesterday, when Mejia was catching mm -hmm. and he wants the ball in the dirt, he's pounding the dirt with his glove. You tell me the batter doesn't know you're fucking pounding the oh, dirt with the glove? Shit. And then when he wants the ball high, he puts the glove up so fucking high, almost in the batter's eyes. You don't think he knows that the pitch is yeah. a high fastball? And Grant was calling him out going, dude, give the pitcher a chance. What yeah. the fuck? And so you wonder, how in the hell does this happen in high school baseball, let alone professional baseball, that that's your sign. I'm going to put the glove up high because I want you to throw the pitch high. It'd be one thing if he put his glove up and he really yeah. wanted it somewhere else. I do like though, 
I do like Dave that they have committed to him. Uh, me too. Because it goes against everything that this organization has been in years past. Yes. And I do like that. Um, big off season for Mejia. Yep. Big off season for Hedges. But I heard uh, Kev Charity was on today with Ben and Woods. Really good. I liked it. Me too. This would be the one thing, and my apologies to John and Kevin and Dave J and the rest of the guys at Matt Fryers, if you've already written it. But the one thing that I would love to see those guys write is, as you look ahead to the winter meetings in December, this is the first year, and I believe next year, if I remember what Kev Charity said a few weeks ago on 97.3, I think it's the 2020 winter meetings that are going to be really a challenge as guys need to make uh, spots on the 40-man or they could be exposed. But if they haven't done it already, or if they have, if they could send links and we'll be happy to tweet it out, who are the guys that are impacted this year that you say, okay, these five or six guys are eligible for the Rule 5 draft unless you find a spot on the 40-man roster. Because then, Dave, I think it, it, we could almost be armchair GMs where we go, wow, we got to clear seven spots, pull up the 40-man. All right, Kinsler, gone, right? Yes. This guy, gone. Who else is on the 40? Gone. Who else do you move out to make spots? Or do you say, well... Yeah, I got to make two spots, but I'm not too concerned about the other five guys, whether they stay or go. But that will be the interesting thing moving forward. It will be very interesting to see what they have to do. I think there, there's an urgency. Honestly, I believe I hope when, so. the Padres, there better be. when the Padres sit there and tell you, hey, look, we're going to try and get things done. And we're I do gonna believe win. them, though. I, oh, I, I, I believe they want They honestly, I do believe they want to win. But right yeah. now they aren't pushing the right buttons. I, I do think, too, that they all know that this is the window, right? I mean, this is kind of, if you don't make it happen the next four years, then it's not going to happen for what, 20 years? I mean, really? God damn Right? I mean, you go, oh, well, that's a little dramatic. It may not be. Like, this is the time where you have to start feeling like you're in the wild card discussion. But I don't know, man. The way the Dodgers are able to reload tells you you're better than San Diego at constructing a roster. And I don't look at that team and go, I mean, San Diego went out and signed Machado. Last year they went out and signed Hosmer. Dave, who's the last two big impact off-the-street free agents signed by the Dodgers? It's a great question. It's funny you say that. Well, if you have to yeah. think about it, then it yeah. tells you yeah. that it's not what it used to be where they could just go out and sign players and bring them in. Yeah, they've gotten away from it. Yeah, and the Dodgers' big move isn't usually through the winter. Their big move is right at the trade deadline. The last yeah. few years when they got Machado and you Darvish. Yeah, yeah, those were guys that went for it. But other teams have done that. I mean, we've seen the A's do it. Giants have done it. Other yep. teams have done it. It's not unique to them. And I made a mistake. Um, let's see, Mookie Betts. I'm not sure if he's a free agent this year or the following year. I thought it was. I thought it was this year. It might be the following year. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, there there are a couple different guys out there, as you said. What would you possibly do? Is your biggest need right now in your mind starting pitching? I mean, if they went out and signed, you know, Garrett Cole, yeah. would you be say, hey, that's that's a great offseason move. We be, need Garrett Cole. Be great. I'll be interested if Garrett Richards gets any opportunities later in the year. Yeah, unfortunately, he was hurt with the Angels all the time, too. 
I mean, it's hard to say, is this guy going to be healthy with the San Diego Padres? So do you look at it next year and go, Lucchese, Paddock, Gore? Yes. I mean, I know Lauer, Which pitched, I, I I know Lauer pitched great last night. Yep. So you go, all right, well, we could put Lauer at the five, right? And yep. then all of a sudden you go, man, maybe a one, right? Uh, Keichel, I don't know what happened with Keichel. But, not doing great. This is a 500 pitcher. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I do think, though, I, I think that as frustrated as we all are, yeah, I, I just... I have the impression they share that frustration. Like I think, I think this off season could be good. I think they will have to trim some of the slack and tighten up that roster a lot. Tighten up the bullpen. Tighten up the bench, and tighten up the the everyday eight. Yeah, and then we'll see. Yeah, I mean the bullpen will be better if you can get guys that can actually pitch into the sixth. But we'll you see. know, it, it's much as we always attack, you know, the bullpen. Every team gets attacked in the bullpen except for the Yankees. They're the only ones that have the bullpen. They don't have the starting sure. pitching, but they have the bullpen. And you look at postseason play because then you say, okay, well, if they get to the postseason, what are the chances they win a World Series? And when you look at the postseason now, it, it's 50-50 on yeah. innings for the bullpen and 50-50 and for the starters as well. So your bullpen does have to be in order and on who your guys are, are going to be. Man, I, I don't know what to tell you. My guess is looking at, at next year, you're going to see you know some of the changes. You expect the Diamondbacks to fall like we thought they would this year. They didn't. They kind of hung around a little bit around mm -hmm. second place for a while. The Rockies, I imagine Bud Black's going to be fired, and they're going <laughs> to assume that you know the Rockies can, can pull it together. This was a freak situation, but the Rockies never figured it out. Yeah. And the Padres, you go, why not? The funny thing is we always have this argument in – in San Diego, and I know Colorado fans do the same thing. We have the best left side of the infield is what Colorado will say. That's what sure. San Diego will say. That has gotten you last place and second to last place. Yeah, isn't that crazy? You know, I mean, it's, it's it's a fun argument to have if you love watching highlights. But fuck, man, it has an equal wins for shit. No. Um, Want to bring this up. It's been a very good two days for us. Um, If anybody was there last fall – at Jake's memorial, the one thing I said in my comments was I never liked Dave and Jeff's charities. We didn't really have a name for it, but I never liked it. And so as I was kind of leading into that opportunity, other than the fact my kids kept telling me how shitty I was going to be <laughs> and that everybody's going to laugh at me. Um, true story. They, um, the one thing I kept thinking was, you know, Jake and moving forward and doing all those kind of things, JP, the initials and the idea of Jake's projects just kind of fell into our lap. Yep. And so without really talking to Dave or talking to Rita, I just said, Hey, moving forward, we're going to change the name of this to Jake's projects. And it just, it felt right. It just felt right. And it kind of rolls off the tongue. It, it matches up with everything and allows us to put JP 25 on there. And the whole deal. Well, I don't know how many of you have ever worked for a nonprofit or tried to start a nonprofit. Man, we have had an incredibly optimistic point of view on this thing. And then we were kind of brought back down to reality because there are hurdles, necessary hurdles, to get clearance for a 5013C, which is a tax-exempt 
it allows corporations and teams and everybody else to make donations to you. Yep. Um, and get tax exempt status for whatever they do. It's a big step forward. Well, look, I haven't done it. Dave hasn't done it. Rita hasn't done it. We have a family that was still grieving as they will be for the loss of their son. So it was kind of challenging because we have incredible people that help out two names, one name, you know, one, you don't, uh, Kyle Fluger, who has been great and a friend of ours that goes back 20 plus years is our friend, Nan Pace. Nan worked with us at KFMB. She has been a friend and a supporter going back to those days, but she has also been a member of the board of directors of Huntington's disease, what Bill Johnston has been a big part of. And as Dave talked to her, as I talked to her about what we wanted to do, our vision for Jake's projects, she jumped in immediately and will be a big part of the board. I mention all this because yesterday was insanely exciting. It was. And the website is now up. Today was the first day, honestly, Jeff, I think where I woke up and, and felt good. Right. It, it is. I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that because I can't tell you personally what it meant to me to see jakesprojects.org, Kyle Fluger, who we talk about. I said to him, listen, I will hype you all day long on what DaveAndJeffShow.com needs to look like. But what I've said to him is jakesproject.org kind of needs to be the vision of the Palais family because it's Jake. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I, I, I can't imagine any way you would disagree. That site just looks great. Dude, I and love it. And we're so early. We haven't yeah. even started anything. But what happened today um, was pretty mind-blowing. And what happened today was the site went live yesterday. Um, it's still really in the infant stages. There will be a lot more content coming there. But today was the day where Kyle said, um, hey, man, I just donated a dollar. We're up and ready to take donations. I am 99.9% sure you didn't say anything to solicit donations. No, not at all. Neither did I. Because quite frankly, at this point, we're not sure where those donations, thinking of Kyle's dollar, I was like, well, that's great. We've got a dollar in the bank. I'm not sure where we're going to put it yet. But there were so many of you today, my email blew up. Yeah. And my email blew up and Dave's email blew up. With people that made donations from $5 to $25, Larry Thomas, Billy donating $250. Yep. I just, man, it stops me in my tracks. And it just, I, I just, I wanted to ask you about it because it's so incredibly humbling. We sit here in the garage every night. We try to do this show. It's a huge void every night. We miss him every day. Dave and Rita, I can't even imagine. But to have jakesprojects.org up and running for me, Dave, just was insane and exciting. And now we're like, okay, like uh, there's a great part of the song Cracker Man yeah. from Stone Temple Pilots where they kind of play a little bit and the guy just goes, okay, now what? And it's kinda, <laughs> I've had that one lyric in my head all day, but it's exciting. And, uh, and I'm thinking about Jake today. 
and I know how stoked he would be. Oh, absolutely. So uh, a couple things. One is Jeff just gave you the site. It's jakesprojects.org. There's uh, obviously no apostrophe in Jake's, but it's jakesprojects.org. Site is up. You can make a donation there. We'll explain everything on there and where the money goes and how we're going to decide as a board. We do have a board. It's, mm-hmm. Everything's legit. There's a bank account that it goes into, the whole deal. Um, spoke with Bryce Miller, as I mentioned earlier, because he wanted to talk about this site and as far as making a difference. And one of the reasons I did the the interview with, with Bryce was a chance to tell Jake's story. I told Jake's yeah. story once at the funeral. I'm figuring that was my only chance that I'll get to talk about my son and talk about his life because it wasn't all great. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. the last three and a half years, um, three and a half to the last four years was very tough and, and the depression he went through and the suicide attempts and everything that went through the last year of his life, he figured it out. He was winning. It, it would have been more tragic to me if Jake would have passed away in 2017 when his life never rebounded. His life rebounded the last year in, in 2018 until his death. And so he was winning at the time, as you guys have heard listening to the show and if you were at the funeral. But for Jake, he understood that his happiness came to give him back. It was the old, you know, it's better to give than to receive. And his joy came from giving. And that came from on youth baseball to helping kids out to, as I've mentioned before, 11 of Jake's teammates that he used to play baseball with will have signed pro contracts by this time uh, next June, damn. which is very rare, let alone yeah. to get a scholarship to know that they've signed with professional teams. He was a huge fan of, of all of them. Well, people don't realize even playing baseball, you know, having kids, how expensive mm-hmm. sports are. Hockey's expensive. And this isn't just about baseball. This is about kids that want to play hockey. These are kids that want to play other sports, football, baseball, you name it. And uh, the, all the, the, the high price of things that not only – uh, keep kids from playing, keep parents from saying, man, my kids have a dream, but I don't have the money, the funds to make it work. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help out. Even if it comes to kids that get a baseball scholarship, the only 35 guys on a roster for a college baseball team, there are 11 and a half scholarships. You got to divide that money up. Mm-hmm. Some don't get a dime. Some can play and some don't have the money to pay for books or food or whatever else. And we're going to decide as a board where it goes. My, my point of talking to Bryce was not only promotion of the site, but most importantly, hopefully to put a little bit of pressure on Major League Baseball and, yeah. the, and the NFL and the NBA and hopefully getting behind it. I have, I have a close friend of mine who's, who's very good friends with a, an NFL quarterback, and I'll leave him out in case things don't work out. But if we can get a big name behind the project, I think it goes far. And, I, and I've mentioned it to the Padres lightly, and I'm sure the Padres will be great as they were at his funeral. And um, But if we can get a big organization behind it, it it's something that we hope uh, – takes off and, and as, as Jake used to say man these kids deserve a chance to play and that's kind of the attitude is giving them a chance to play and chasing their dream and uh it, fortunately there have been a lot of things that have happened recently locally we've seen it nationally we've seen it where there's just a lot of negativity to the point that I've really for the most part checked off of social media I have an Instagram account I was telling a friend of mine I like it because it's just pictures. Yeah. And yesterday on Instagram, it was National Dog Day, and there's 10,000 pictures of dogs, whether they're in the pool, Bodie Jagger, Marshall Rogan, everybody. The only goddamn dog I didn't see was Shuggy. <laughs> um, but that's it. And it's just, man, I don't know. Twitter, I just have hit the wall on. I just have kind of hit the wall and kind of checked out. Facebook is just for family so that's kind of a narrow field for me too 
But what it allowed me to do over the last three weeks was just kind of start thinking about what we want to do. One of the things we've talked about forever is rebuilding Little League fields. Yeah. We have a strong desire to go in and do a community project to rebuild the Little League field. It sounds great. The problem is because of Title IX and anything else, which is fine. I'm a supporter of Title IX. Uh, this is not anything negative. Against that, the reality is, though, that we could find some resistance in certain communities if we say, hey, we want to come in and rebuild your Little League field and put some grass down and some dirt and paint the press box and stock it, that they may say, well, that's great, but you also have to redo the softball field. Hopefully, we'll have the ability to do that. That would be cool. But if we don't, then we're kind of sitting there going, shit. So... The first thing that we wanted to do was get all of this in place, which is now there. Yes. So all of you who have said, hey, I want to help with the Little League field. I want to help with doing projects at schools. I've already talked to La Mesa Arts Academy, who are excited about the opportunity of maybe doing some radio stuff, which would be great. All of that is moving forward. But the great thing is um, now we, or I should say all of that had been on hold but now we can start looking ahead moving forward. I'm incredibly excited by our board because the important members on the board um, are Dave, are Josh, but I'm incredibly excited that Rita's on the board. Yeah. And you and I have talked numerous times off the air why I believed it was important to have her there. We weren't sure if she'd want to, and she's in, and that's incredibly exciting for me. Uh, having Nan there is great, um, but two other people are part of this board uh, in an advisory role that I'm incredibly excited. The first one is Katie Temple, who means a lot to this show, brings a great perspective, knowledge, knows a ton of people locally and nationally. And when I said, hey, I just I need another voice kind of outside the circle, although she's right outside. Um she said, yeah, I'm in. Whatever you guys need. It was great. And the next person who jumped in was Jim Trotter. Yeah. And Dave, I just, uh, I, I just, I know what it means. I hope I know what it means to your family. Of course. But, but when you have people like that with those credentials that are working the whole time and, and Trotter said what Katie said, brother, just name it. And I'm yeah. there. And yeah. that to me is exciting because for those of you that donated money today, uh, Nan, I already mentioned her credentials is going to be great. Um, we're excited, but we owe it. I feel personally that I owe it to Jake. Um, but I also, we kind of owe it to all of you that have stepped up today for $5, $10, $25, $250, whatever. Absolutely. I, I know how the Palais feel and I know how I feel that we got to make it where you go, fuck, that was money well spent. Yeah. And we are insanely committed to doing that and doing it the right way. And thank you to all of you where we didn't even have a plan and you guys have jumped in and said we're there. Yeah, you know, for my, for my wife has taken really short steps you yeah, know in this i mean absolutely as expected and, and so it's it's one of those where the site was up and i showed her the site yeah you know, she read through it she looked at it wanted to make sure she approved it and she cried yeah you know? right she cried and uh 
as you can imagine, for a mom, it's brutal. I mean, it's right. brutal for Josh. It's brutal for me. It's brutal for if Jeff used to talk to Jake every single day, sitting right next to him on this couch, that you go, uh, you, you go, wow. I mean, I tell you, what, the last thing I hear every night, this is this is it. Is first of all, she cries every night, right. and every night she says, "Jake, please give me a hug in my dreams." And yeah. that's, I mean, that's that's where it's at. I mean, any mom missing their child, it's brutal. And so for her to be proud of this site is, is outstanding. Yeah, it, it's going to be good, and we're excited. Um, along those same lines, one other quick thing. Coming up next Sunday, a uh, week from Sunday, is the Walk for Remembrance at Balboa Park. And we've talked a little bit about it on the air. I've probably talked to Dave more about it off the air. Um, we, like, we knew Junior... We knew Junior, and Junior's suicide was a shock to everybody in this community, and we knew him, and it stung. But I, I don't know, Dave, like, it just, it was awful. But earlier this year, uh, somebody who meant a great deal to me, more than a lot of people know, um, just because of what she did for me last year when it a lot of bad days, uh, she wouldn't let there be bad days, was my friend Erica Lee. And earlier this year, uh, due to circumstances that were incredibly difficult on her, she chose to take her own life. Still can't believe it. It has devastated me in a way that I, I mean, I look, I had my best friend of 35 years die. I went through a divorce. I watched my son, who doesn't cry, bend over at the waist and cry, and then one of my closest friends not only took her own life, but took her own life in a terribly horrific way that haunts me to this night and will haunt me already. And for a guy that fucking rides the edge of trying to keep his shit together, uh, what she did um, didn't help. But um, I love her, my kids love her, and we loved her memory. So we found out through Jake Pirelli who I love because he's just a great dude and a fan of this show. Um, Jake's father took his own life. Dave's dad, who I loved because he just fucking made me laugh, Lou Palais, took his own life. And we have all been impacted by suicide. Um, But Jake said to us a couple of months ago, guys, there's going to be a walk on September the 8th at Balboa Park, and I'm going to be down there. Jake was going to be down there walking in memory of his father, and he said it would be cool to have you. And I said, God damn, man, I hear you. Dave's been impacted by it, and I, I still struggle with it every day. And I said to my sons, I said, let's put a little team together for cool. Erica. Let's put a little team together, and... I said to my sons, I go, you know, let's raise some money. What do you guys think we should raise? And they're kids, man. So when you think about how much money would really be bursting in your pocket, they just blurted out, do you think we could raise $100? And I go, you know what? That's a perfect number. I said, yeah, we're going to try to raise $100. And like, that would be great. And I go, you know, the other thing, we raise a hundred bucks. The three of us just put that anywhere. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm yelling at my favorite dog. Um, I said, you know, if we raise a hundred bucks, the three of us each get a T-shirt. What? 
I mean, they, they freaked out. We couldn't yeah. believe it. So we put together this little fundraising page um, to raise some dough, to raise 100 bucks in her name. Fantastic. And that number tonight, the last time I checked, because of this audience, is at 1850 bucks. That's awesome. And we'll round it up. Yeah. It'll be to two grand. Yeah. Uh, Do your boys know where it's at? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And what do they say? They're freaking out. Oh, the guys they're freaking, freaking out. out. And the thing that they're freaking it's a out about. good life lesson right there. Is I tell them, I go, you know what? Who these people are that donated? I said, some of them met her. Some of them liked her immediately. Uh, others didn't. But I said, all of these people that donated took money that easily could have been spent on something else whether it was a new pair of shoes, a dinner at their favorite restaurant, gas to get them to work, cable, right? WWE Network. I mean, I tell yeah. them shit that they can relate to. And I said, guys, they sacrificed all that because they know what she meant, what Dave's dad meant, what Jake's dad meant. And they said, we want to help. And yeah, I'm not sure if they get it, but believe me, I get it. I get it, and when I'm watching today, and it says eighteen fifty, we're gonna get to two grand. Yes. Fuck it, if I gotta round it up, we'll get it to two grand. I just sincerely, as much as we dick around and we fuck around, Dave, just watching what happened with Jake'sProjects.org and what happened today with our Walk for Remembrance page. Um, whether you guys can join us on the eighth, or if you'll be there in spirit, it fine either way. But it just was as nice as anything people have done for me in a long, long time. And I just sincerely thank all of you that have done it and clicked on it and retweeted it and done the whole thing. Um, it's just it's great. And it just reminds me that there's shit much more important than whether or not the Padres can get their shit together. Yeah. And you guys all get that. And I just I thank each and every one of you that did it because... Uh, she would have been incredibly humbled. Jake would have been incredibly humbled. Um, I didn't know Jake's dad, but I know Dave's dad. And uh, I just get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of it because uh, it would have meant Lou was a, a gruff guy, but it would have meant something to him. I'm, I believe that, Dave. I think it would have meant something to him that people stepped up and said, hey, Lou, we remember. We love yeah. the stories. And, uh, and none of you guys will be forgotten. So we'll see you all on the 8th at Balboa Park. You know, what's interesting is, um, as I said, you just mentioned some terrible things, you know, unfortunately that we've had to go through the last, you know, year or so is, um, it took me a while because, you know, when my dad passed away, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't, um, wasn't, uh, you know, basically at a good spot when my dad passed away. Right. A, lot, a lot of things I wanted, you know, basically a little bit better off than the, than the way they ended just between him and I as a father and a son. Right. But a, a few weeks ago, I realized driving around because I talked to Jake all the time. I asked mm -hmm. Josh the other day, I said, you talk to your brother, you know, like do you, and he goes all the time every day. And I said, I, I do, too, especially after I coach a baseball game. You know, I talk yeah. to Jake, I mean, even when I'm at Benita Vista High School and I'm there by myself and I'm cutting the grass or I'm watering the infield or whatever. I, I talk to Jake all the time. And so I wish my dad was alive when Jake passed, not because it would have crushed him to see his grandson die. Mm -hmm. But I know he would have said to me, man, I hurt for you. Right. You know what I mean? And just that. I mean, my, my right. dad and I had a relationship where he didn't hesitate to tell you that he loved you. 
at the same time, he wasn't what you are to your sons or what I am to my son's best friend. Right. And, but I know at the time he, his heart would have hurt for me. Yeah. And I, and that's, that's what, again, it took me, you know, a couple of weeks ago to realize it, that, you know, this would have been an easier process to go through if my dad was with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I, I, Dave, I, I, I look at, it, I go, man, the impact on your mom who I love to death, who's amazing and your sister. And I go, God damn, Dave had left and right in, yeah. in 10 months. It's not supposed to happen, but it's the cool part of this podcast has been, been able to come in here, talk about different things that have happened, good, bad, and different. And the amount of people that have come through for us to say, hey, man, you, you got this. Yep. And what's crazy about it is the trickle-down effect that... Were you watching LaRon McLean? You've been watching that? I have. It's pretty sad to watch. Yeah. And I think... You're talking all, about on Twitter, his yeah. messages, begging for help? Right. Yeah, people but don't that, remember LaRon McLean was the former Alabama star, drafted fifth overall by the Raiders. Played here? Da play, yeah, Dallas Cowboys, uh, yeah, in the whole deal. Yeah, and he is really struggling right now. Yeah. Struggling. And But then LaRon McLean writes today, for everybody calling me, if I don't answer, leave me alone. And, man, I'm telling you, you look at that, and any of us that have dealt with depression at a certain level, you go, I know what he's saying. I get it. I know what he's saying. And it scares you. Yep. It scares you because you go, well, I'm not there today. And I'm pretty sure I won't be there tomorrow. Yep. And goddamn, I hope I'm never there. Yeah. Let me let me make sure that I got the right guy. I'm sorry. You, the guy Jeff's talking about is correct. All right. I just want to make sure I'm right. Ravens, Chiefs, Chargers. You're right. Yeah. Played here, Alabama guy. Sorry, yeah. I had the wrong, wrong McLean. I was thinking the the, the McLean that shot the gun off next to the girl's ear in Miami. No, it's no, a no. Different fullback. Guy. Yes, fullback. Um, but that's it's okay. He just right now there is a call out on social media, but I know teammates in the league and others are doing. Nobody's ignoring it. No, I guess we would just say. But it it's like it's that. tragic to read. If you well, follow it on Twitter, it's tragic to read. The other part of it on social media that you see, and this is why I just say to people, man, just check in on your friends. Yep. Just check in on your friends. Um, it's really mind-numbing to me how many people open up on Twitter. Like at a level that they may not open up to their parents to their spouses, or to anybody else, man, those 140 characters, they write it. And it feels like from things that I've seen that people see it and recognize it, but then you see others and people write it and you realize they wrote it seven hours ago, 11 hours ago, and nobody has responded. And yeah. you look at that and you go, whoa, hang on. Uh, that That can't help. When you're crying for help and it's... Uh, it's nobody's hearing it. Um, it's it's really really difficult, and so it's just like I said for those of you that have been unbelievably nice to this show, 
uh, for Dave, for myself, and everybody else, it's great. I'll tell you, Dave, I'm in a good place. I would tell you different. Yeah, I can tell. If it was different, I would tell you I'm in a good place. I have people incredibly close to me that kind of keep an eye on you every day. And I, I always say, fuck, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I came in here and said, shit, these are terrible days. But, um, but it doesn't mean we can't check in on the others that we're worried about. So just keep an eye on your social media. Keep an eye on your contacts. Think about those that may be fighting that inner battle and do what you can to reach out and say, hey, I'm here. What are you doing? Let's go for a beer. Let's go for lunch. Let's go hang out. Let's go sit in the outfield and, and watch a Padre game or do whatever. All those little things that you may not necessarily think help, believe me, they do. Yeah. It's just that feeling of, oh, yeah, this is good. This is what I needed. And just kind of opening up the communication and letting people get that poison out can really, really go a long way. Uh, I want to mention a couple of people, then I got a question for you on, on what you would do for $50 million. Oh, okay. fuck, That's I'd the, do anything. The, not exactly. We'll see when I throw the questions at you. All right. want to mention, first of all, I usually mention him last. going to mention him right now. Kyle Pfluger has been uh, very helpful to me. He can help you with your website as well. Look what he's done for the Dave and Jeff Show website. Look what he's done for Jake's projects. It's Ours is very simple because we asked him to keep it simple, basically mm-hmm. to the point where you look at it, you get everything you need on the front page. It's not very complicated. I was on the phone with Kyle last night till 1130, just setting everything up with the bank and how to accept donations. And the best thing about Kyle, you call his number. Yeah. He's going to get back to you, and the service is unbelievable. Kyle's number is 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. Well, Dave, it, it's a little bit different when we mention the business partners tonight. Because we've never done this before, but shockingly, when I went through my inbox today, it felt like I had a handful of fan questions for each of these guys. And so we'll start with this one. This is a really good one. This comes from Austin downtown, who writes, Dear Kyle, can you help me get my resume listed on LinkedIn? Thank you again, Austin H downtown Austin. That's a great letter. Now I don't know necessarily that Kyle can help you get your resume posted on LinkedIn, but I'm sure if you give him a call, he could probably put together a website. I'm not familiar with your skill set, so I don't know what you do really well and what you may struggle with, but Hey, maybe you put a headshot up and you do some kind of things. If you got any kind of silly videos, people always like watching those. Maybe you and one of your buddies playing ping pong or something. It just makes you appear to be an everyday guy. So, Austin, number one, keep your chin up. And, yes, definitely contact Kyle and see if he can help you get your resume up on LinkedIn. Good luck to Austin. Good, Good luck. luck. Good luck to you. want to mention this guy. His name, does it, before I go any yeah. further, I'm not familiar with him. Does his name ring a bell with you at all? I might have a clue. I know he could oh. be looking for a job. Okay. Well, Best of luck to Austin. Well, it's a tough market out there. It is so. a tough market. Okay. This guy right here, I cannot tell you how proud I am of his family. We say this all the time, and it gets better and oh better God, for Dan Williams. Dan Williams, of course, where he's a proud sponsor of the show, and he's a guy that's going to help you with your finances, and he's the guy you need to call when it comes to basically figuring out what you're going to do the rest of your life and what you're going to do on to afford your next home and everything else. Dan's nephew, again, Sam, Sam Williams, has not been drafted. Right was signed after the draft by the Padres. Right. He has moved up now two times. Right. It's crazy. In a matter of two months. You don't understand. You don't go from 
basically signing a contract, going to Arizona, sweating your ass off, and moving up to Double A in two months. Right. It doesn't fucking happen. Uh, it's unbelievable. And he's, you know what I haven't seen are signed baseballs dropped off at the garage. Yeah. Have you seen that? Nope. Thanks, Dan. Unbelievable. Dan's number, I got to give you the number because yeah. shit, everything's going his way. I've got a fan letter for him too. 85868, is it from Alice Sweet? Uh, 858-688-6813 858-688-6813 well i tell you all the time dan's book borrow smart repay smart it's the cornerstone of his mortgage practice because it's going to help you incorporate your personal mortgage plan into your overall financial plan and that ties right into our next fad letter dave and this comes from will in san diego and will says dear dan i'm about to come into a whole lot of money but i want to know should I just borrow or should I just repay? What do you suggest? Well, great letter. What I would recommend you do is go to sandiegolending.us slash Dave Jeff. You're going to get two books, Will, and these sound like they are going to fit in right with what you're looking for. A, the one you mentioned, borrow smart, repay smart. There may be some pictures in there if you need it. The second one, Will, is how to purchase a home with no down payment. Now, that is really more for people in the military Love the fact that Don, uh, Dan is a big supporter of the Honor Foundation. No better way to do it. 858-688-6813. SanDiegoLending.us. Will, I'll say it slow for you. San Diego <laughs> Lending, 1N1D, dot US slash Dave Jeff. And Will, congratulations on your financial windfall. Nobody better to help you with that than Dan. <laughs> Do you know Will? I think I know Will. No He's about kidding. to cover a lot of money. I do. Well, I appreciate him listening to the show. Fantastic. Want to thank again Alan Taylor, Taylor made pools. Man, that perfect pool's waiting for you. What are you waiting for? It is hot right now. Imagine how hot it's going to be in 30 days. We know September gets extremely warm. Next September, why don't you join the brand new pool that Alan Taylor is going to put in your backyard? You got to call Alan Taylor at 619 619-449-4452. Again, you can make your backyard a staycation. What are you waiting for? Give Alan Taylor a call. Guess what, Dave? Got a fan letter. Perfect. Dear Alan, I have recently suffered a major back injury and have found swimming to be therapeutic to my injury. Can you help me with a lap pool? Signed, Fernando T. <laughs> Well, Fernando, thank you for reaching out. If you go to our website that we've mentioned a couple of times tonight in DaveAndJeffShow.com and look under the sponsors page, you'll find an array of beautiful pools that will help you get healthy and ready to go. I'm not sure what Fernando does. He may work in construction. He may move refrigerators. He might put in satellite TV systems. But something has happened to him. I don't know. I believe from the reading the letter, he strikes me as an older man. So those back problems can be something that can linger for a while. But, Fernando, whatever you need as far as a perfect pool for your perfect backyard, nobody better than the fine team at TaylorMade Pools. Absolutely. I hope you have a fan, fan letter sitting by because I want to mention our good friends Brian over at Hot Sauces and oh, More.com. Oh, Hot sauces and more. Again, it's the letter N, not and. He's right there in the Otire Ranch Mall. What are you waiting for? Right next to Macy's. Everything you need for the perfect barbecue in the extremely warm weather, and you have the friends and family come over, he can make it that much better. Forget about just the big green egg. 
He now sells meat inside that store. You can have the perfect steak like you made for me just last Tuesday. Make sure you give Brian a call over at Hot Sauces and More. Also, check them out again, the website, hotsaucesandmore.com. Uh, fan letter for Brian. Dear Brian, I've spent the last three days getting grilled like a Cornish hen. Would it be possible for me to come down and buy a grill, maybe some rubs, spices, and by the way, is it possible to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the grill? Signed, Coach JK from Solana Beach. <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate you reaching out. JK, JK, I believe that might be JK McKay. <laughs> uh, great USC Trojan, fight on. Yes, if you go right down the street to the Otai Ranch Mall, the guys there at Hot Sauces and More can take care of anything you need for grilling. Maybe you want that big green egg. Man, is there anything better? Give me, my birthday is coming up yes, in a couple of weeks. I don't. I just think for uh, Coach JK, you probably have a birthday coming up or something to celebrate. Why don't you go and get yourself a big green egg and then just sit there like a big green lug? <laughs> <laughs> Make yourself anything you want. I have never heard of anybody making a grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich on there. But if anybody can do it, you can, Coach. Great to hear from you, buddy. Fight on. Also, don't forget about Brian Curry. I told you on the last show, Brian Curry is a call I made. I recommend yeah. you make the same call as well. Selling real estate all over San Diego County. For more than 20 years, he's won a ton of awards. He sit on, sits on a lot of boards. He's the guy that understands the market. And, of course, I went to Brian Curry because we're in a financial decision that we decided to sell our home. And, of course, nobody better to do it than Brian Curry and find us our next place to live. This is our, uh, a decision that we said we feel this is the way the market's going because talking to Brian, he gave us some great advice. He can give you great advice as well. Make sure you call Brian if you have any questions at all about selling, about renting, about buying your next home at 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Great letter comes in for Brian. It says, Dear Brian, I'm concerned that I may need to sell my house in the next 45 days. How much notice do you need before I put the house on the market? And if I put it on the market and I don't need to sell, can I pull it back? Signed to Andy downtown. Andy, great letter. <laughs> the <laughs> great letter. I think, Dave, you could be looking at different situations. Things happen, right? Andy may be a guy getting ready to go pursue school, maybe going to medical school or dental school. He may just be a guy that wants to go travel, maybe wants to go snowshoeing. There could be a bunch of different reasons why yes. he may want to ride a motorcycle or get an Airstream and a dog. But if his plans change and he doesn't want to have to, can Brian help him? Absolutely. Maybe you want to rent wherever you go next, Andy. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Don't invest money because in case you're up and out, see Mike McCoy quicker than expected when you're renting. <laughs> you just play that cleaning deposit. Off you go. You start your new life working at Regal Cinema. It's working out great for Mike. It might work out great for you. Uh, Dave has already mentioned that this house is for sale. Wouldn't, it come, uh, wouldn't necessarily mean anything to you, Andy, because your life's going to probably move forward to somewhere in North Dakota. But for anybody here in San Diego, there's nobody better to have sell your house than Brian Curry. Hey, great letters, everybody. Appreciate all you guys reaching out. That made it a lot of fun tonight. It, it sure did. It sure did. All right, $50 million, 50 a lot million. of money. 
Here we go. For $50 million. How many choices do I have? I'm going to throw a couple different choices at you. Okay. Right. And you say, million. yes, I take the money or no, I'll turn the money down. All right. Let me hear it. For $50 million, would you let someone tattoo bitch on your forehead? <laughs> well. <laughs> you don't have to work another day in your life. But you got to walk around with a bitch right on your forehead. Well, how long do I have to hold it there? Your whole life. My whole My, life. Mike Tyson style. You got to keep it on your forehead the rest of your life. But you get $50 million. Your kids would never have to work. Probably your grandkids as well. You know, Dave, I might because you could do, like, there'd be something you could use to cover it up, right? <laughs> Ski caps. No, you know what? I, I'll tell you exactly why I do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the $50 million, and then right in front of that bitch, I'm going to write S-U-M, some bitch. <laughs> like Bum Phillips. $50 million. Would you put a douchebag on your forehead? No. <laughs> no. Fucking. Oh, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> it gets worse, but I won't keep going. Anyway. That was my question. What would you do to put on your forehead for, as a tattoo to go, okay, I'm in? Would you put a bullseye? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> 50 million? 50 million bucks. Yeah. 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 Would you put a dick on your forehead? <laughs> no, I would not put a dick on my forehead. How about just on the side of your cheek? No. no. Costa would do it. He 50 already million. did. <laughs> 50 million is a lot of money. Costa would do it. Costa's sold out something, man. <laughs> Look at guy. Half-assing it. Right. I love that Ernie's walking through the parking lot. Yeah, come with, on, Ernie. Catch Mar up. I got to cut this Weber State promo. With the Morants. Just following Costa. Quick walk into the car. Um, One quick one. I yeah. love this question. If you could have any guest on the podcast, who would you have? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, God, do you have one that comes to mind right now? Well, it's funny. I saw it, and then I, I started watching interviews with this particular person last night on social media, and they were so good that I loved it. Maybe it's just because of the time and what has happened recently, but I would, I would put Charlie Watts, the drummer for the Stones. He's 78 years old. He's been the guy that when you look at it, Mick Jagger's always gotten the attention. Yeah. Keith Richards has always got the attention. Anybody in the world, do you take Charlie Watts? Yeah, because Charlie Watts said something in an interview that I watched last night that I found fascinating, and the person doing the interview didn't follow up. And the, they said, you know, you've always been known as kind of the quiet one. Yeah. The, the classy one there in the back just playing the drums. And he winked and he goes, well, I don't know he's been the quiet, classy one. Really? And you go, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be great. I think for a guy like that, my fascination with him, having seen that band a lot, yeah, is Dave, you know, when you go see, think of any band, right? Yeah. Band, uh, let's just say Van, Van Halen. Okay. When you go watch Alex Van Halen play, man, his drum set takes up half the stage. Yes. But it's great because he utilizes it like crazy. Charlie Watts, it's like he's got a bass, a tom, a snare, a couple of cymbals, but he plays every song that you like at the age of 78. I don't know, man. I just think guys like that that have lived a life, traveled the world, seen a lot, right? Was there at Altamont when the Hell's Angels killed that kid, played shows in Cuba, been everywhere, been part of 
one of the main rock and roll bands. Plus, he's been married for 55 years. Is that right? How the hell do you stay married That's for 55 crazy. years? And he's on the road all the time. That's why. Yeah. And he said in a couple of interviews, which I thought was great, he said, uh, he said he absolutely loves the road. He goes, I love it. He said, I love the energy of walking onto a stage. Yeah, that's cool. I just think a guy like that where you go, not a lot of people have talked to him, but I bet the stories that he could tell. If would, you could, take, would you take Charlie Watts over Howard Stern? Stern would be great. But I feel like with Stern as a Stern fan, and you've been there as much longer than I have been, but I've been pretty locked in for at least 15 years, if yeah. not longer. Yeah. I don't know what we could ask on this show that we wouldn't already know the answer to. That's funny. I think uh, Stern would be interesting to me. I don't know. I, I always think when people interview Stern, he takes over the interview. Like, he mm -hmm. doesn't let you interview him. You know what I mean? He just starts yeah. talking and does his own thing. He almost is like... He's still on vacation, right? Like, yeah, two think, weeks yeah, vacation. I think him and Kimmel are on vacation together. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because he's not doing shows either, and they're best of friends. Um God dang, that's uh, that, that, is this the that's France a, trip? That's a, uh, did they go to is, France? Is that right? <laughs> I didn't know if they went. All right, to, sorry. They went to France. Anyway, I, I think it's, okay. I'll throw another one at you, Pam Anderson. Um, I don't know how far that could go. Like, like that's a that's a pretty good life. I I really don't know how far that could go. Like, at what point do you go? Okay, because I'm just thinking about it from. From you go, all right, I might be interested in that, but is the audience interested in that? I think the, our audience would be. I think our audience would. Look, I, I'll tell you the and one thing. I think the thing. questions would be good. I think we'd do a great job on that. Uh, I'm going to figure out who we can get in here to tell us the backstory on this sports arena story. Okay, perfect. Uh, and I'm not quite sure who it is. The problem is, I know Cap has Ernie Hahn coming in. Well, Ernie's got a... Uh, you know, vested interest exactly. in it. We got to figure out who it is that that knows why that deal happened. Why was that taken away from the Han family um, when they have worked to upgrade that building? They really sincerely have. And if you pay attention, you look around, it's been upgraded. That is a big move. Yep. Why was that move made? And what are the Ducks telling people that made the city believe, hey, Duck's family is great, but we're going to yank this away from AEG and the Hans. To me, it's it's really, really interesting to figure out where to go. I'm trying to think. This is a great question, great topic. I got to think of some more guys. Next time we do a show, I'm going to have a list of guys for you to say who would you take in what order. Yeah, I mean, I look at, oh, I'll, t I'll tell you one guy. Go ahead. I'll tell you one guy right now that I would love to have in here tell the truth is dean dean would be a great one dean he's without dean. with dean by himself not dean with whoever's yeah. going to represent dean yeah yes dean would be a great one all right i'm going to reach out to dean okay and say so just come down hang out uh and tell your story tell your story to san diego yep you've known us those 25 years come Perfect. down and hang out and we won't, uh, yeah, absolutely. We won't interrupt him. We'll let him keep going until he's ready for right. us. That's the next, qu next question. Right. Perfect. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Where's A.J. Smith? Let's get him in here. Where's A.J.? You don't think A.J. would be interesting? A.J. would be great. I think A.J.'s still in Del Mar, right? Or is he yeah. one of those that got moved away also? No, I think he's okay. here. 
AJ would be good. Lucina was just in town. Um, George Mitrovich passed away, and Larry yeah. was here. Because George was kind of a mover and shaker. Sure was. Uh, Larry and Charles were here. But um, we got to get Boach in during the offseason. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He'll come in and do it. But yeah, for me, Dave, I just, there's a few interviews with Charlie Watts, including one. Yeah. Where he looks like he's stoned out of his fucking mind uh, from like 91. His eyes are so red. You're like, dude, what's going on there? But uh, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Who else? Got anybody else? Anybody else controversial? There's a bunch of them. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with the list. When we do a show next, I'll come up with a list for you. All right, now. Th- think of 10 guys before you see me next. I have... I have an opportunity. Let me reach out and see something. I have an opportunity where you and I may be able to do something pretty wild. We could travel this, right? Like this thing could travel. We could take this thing on the road not far from here. Okay. Like 15 minutes. We could take this down on the road, right? All right. Um, We will be back Monday night because it's Labor Day weekend. Uh, we'll be back on Labor Day, and then, unfortunately, we won't be able to be right back Tuesday. But we'll be here. You good with Labor Day night? Yeah, that's fine. All right, we'll be here Labor Day night. Um, again, jakesprojects.org. Thank you to everybody who's already jumped in. Um, the Walk for Remembrance page is up on my social media. If you want to join us on the 8th at Balboa Park, we'd love to have you. But most importantly, thank you to everybody. One other quick thing, too, along those same lines. Sean Salisbury has been a buddy of ours for an incredibly long time. He's now moved to Houston. If you look at my Twitter, I retweeted something Sean's doing today where he is gathering socks for the homeless of Houston. I think it's a great project. I know Bob McElroy at the Alpha Project, whose family to us would take your socks, too. But if you want to help people out, they're they're doing it. I retweeted the address out. My sons and I are sending a box out to support Sean's project. Uh, look for that address. It's just I'm not trying to run all of you through the ringer. You've all given way more than we could expect. But uh, it's a cool thing that Sean's doing. I told him we'd get the word out. We're happy to do it on his behalf. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. We'll talk to you on Labor Day. Mm-hmm.